0: Welcome to the D2C Slingshot podcast. I'm your host, Lockie Thompson, and I'm also the founder of Social Slingshot, a paid advertising agency. This podcast is your go-to resource for e-commerce entrepreneurs seeking insights from industry leaders and experts. If you are magically stumbled across this podcast, I'm truly grateful you've chosen to listen. If you have any questions whatsoever or specific topics you'd like us to cover, do not hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at Social Slingshot. While this podcast is tailored to the broader e-commerce community, if you're ever in need of direct marketing assistance, remember that Social Slingshot is here to help. Our mission is to drive as much success for as many e-commerce brands as possible by being the most results-driven and client-focused agency in the market. Now, with all the admin stuff taken care of, let's dive straight into today's episode. G'day, everyone. Welcome back to the D2C Slingshot podcast. Today, I'm joined with Jay, the owner of Gobi Heat. I just want to give yourself a quick rundown on how you started this business and where it is at now.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, Yeah, um, I started Gobi Heat um, in the fall of 2016, uh, really out of necessity. at the time I was dating, who is now my my current husband, um, That uh, and I was cold all the time, and it was kind of a joke, an ongoing joke, back and forth. And he had seen a heated jacket made by one of the tool companies and bought it for me, and um, I tried it. And at the time I was in the product development, project management, and kind of international procurement, and um, he had asked me what I thought after a couple of weeks, and I was honest which anyone who knows me, um, uh, I get described as being direct a lot. So <laughs> yeah. take what you will from that. Um, I told him, you know, I'm like, it's, great, it's a great concept, right? Letting people control their heat and have more freedom. But it was, in my opinion, poorly executed. And, you know, I threw out there some flippant comment, like even I could have done it better. So he challenged me to do so. And so we, we uh, you know, I had to at that point. And so I came up with our first jacket. We uh, I ordered the first hundred jackets um, despite every other thing in me telling me that this is a crazy idea. And uh, here we are. We, we've uh, just, you know, kept innovating and designing and expanding and trying to get the word out to all of those people, the different people that we feel like our products can really help. There's so many different personas and activities that, These products can change the way you experience each and every one of those activities.
0: Yeah, I can definitely relate to a family member being cold all the time. My mum's like that. She will go and like sit in the lounge room. The fire's absolutely cranking. Like my brothers and I will be in shorts and shirt and she'll be wrapped up in blankets still. So yeah, being able to regulate your heat is very important. And then going to like sporting events on the weekend, she'll be sitting there wrapped up in blankets. But as you said, the heated jackets have become a bit of a trend. Like even my workmate that like he works a lot outside in the Alpine regions and he's He's got the heated jackets and stuff like that. But what didn't you like about those um, tool company jackets compared to your ones?
1: Yeah. And like uh, I, you know, hats off to uh, these guys, right? I, I'm not going to um, trash some of these, these great companies that have done a lot of good things, but they're, they're essentially tool companies, right? So they have designed their batteries for their tools and their core uh, audience is, you know, that you've got evangelical people that are all, you know, they either buy this brand or that brand, and you don't mix the brands, and um, and that's, you know, that's tremendous brand building and product development, so hats to them off uh, for that, but uh, that's the problem. They were designed for tools. They weren't designed to be worn on your body the whole time, and so um, uh, I noticed that the, the the shapes of them weren't correct weren't for being worn on your body. The watt hours that were offered by their batteries weren't necessarily optimized, um, and, and and then what you were getting out of it, the the, the amount of energy and the placement of the batteries, that there were it just could have there was so much opportunity, low hanging fruit to improve. Um, also, it kind of felt like they'd done, you know, they're serving their core base, right? They're they're looking at the tradesman and they're saying, okay, they, they need a hoodie, they need high vis, they need, you know, maybe a waterproof soft shell. And then it kind of felt like, as a woman, it kind of felt like at some point someone said, Let's do one for women too. And there wasn't my perception a whole lot of thought else put into it. And so what I was looking to do is how can I find a battery that has the maximum energy density? How can it be something that you really can take out there? Cuz you can easily come up with a little tiny battery that fits nicely in your pocket if you want 1 hour of mediocre temperature. The trick is to find the sweet spot. Think of it as a three-legged stool of it's got to be small enough, the right shape, the right watt hours, and then plugging in to a heat system that gets to appropriate temperatures. It's very easy to have a small battery and say it runs six hours, but nobody mentions that it's only at, you know, 35 degrees. So it's, you, you, As you play with the temperature or the number of zones or the size of the battery, they all affect each other. So really the key to them is having the highest energy density battery that you can have. And uh, that's what we have here at Gobi Heat.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've invested a lot in product development, but having an amazing product doesn't always mean you're making sales, right? So how do you find that balance between investing in product development versus in your marketing?
1: Now, you you absolutely have said what's been on my mind for the last several months is I'm a product development girl. I'm not a marketing person. Um, I'm not an accountant. You know, CEOs and founders are expected to kind of know everything. And as you get to kind of, you know, we're we're seven years in, you start realizing, okay, I, I need someone to really take over this or really take over that. But I was actually talking on a podcast last week, and my big realization in the last maybe 12 to 24 months is it doesn't matter if I have the best product. It's not going to make me successful. It's not going to put Gobi on the map because if my marketing is poor, which is kind of sad, right? I can offer you the best product at the best price with the best service. with a, a phone number that goes to, you know, a, a real life English speaking human. And I'm probably selling less than some nameless, faceless Asian conglomerate because they've cracked the marketing code. So uh, it, it's it's not something I'm going to pretend that I have figured out yet, but it's something that we continue to strive for. Um, one thing that we value at Gobi is, you know, authenticity. Um it's it's the you know, there's a warranty, we're gonna back it up. Uh if there's you know, you call, we're gonna answer. You send an email, we're gonna respond to you. Uh we say the product does this, it does that. And so um I, I'm not interested in cutting those corners, but we're going to have to find a way to get people to understand that's who we are. And I think ultimately that will lead to stronger long-term growth.
0: Yeah, and how have you grown the business so far? I saw on your stories this morning that you had some warehouse, uh, a little tent set up out front of a stadium or something like that. Like, is that mainly yeah. how you've grown the business so far, and a lot of word of mouth stuff?
1: Um, no, not really. That that's actually that's actually more recent. We. Uh, signed a partnership with the Denver Broncos uh, back in the spring. Uh, we're a proud partner of the Denver Broncos. And so they uh, have us come in, uh, you know, De- Denver, the Mile High City, right? We're, we're also in Colorado. And so uh, their football games get pretty chilly. So they are letting us do Denver Broncos branded heated apparel. Um, so th- that's that's a more recent uh, development. Uh, at first, we were really writing that digital ads, D2C.com uh, wave until iOS 14 kind of changed the game for everybody. And so I think what a lot of brands are finding now is that they have to be more creative um, and, and more diversified in their marketing. And so that might be um, more outreach, you know, in-person outreach it it might be um, getting into more storefronts. It could be um, more traditional marketing. I'm certainly seeing a lot of more traditional companies reaching out. So billboards, print. I, I don't know if anybody else noticed, Amazon put out a print catalog this year, a toy book. Uh, you're too young to remember, but the Sears catalog was back in the day, all the little kids would thumb through it and I noticed Amazon kind of harkened back to that this year. So I, I think there's there's been a gradual return to print TV, billboards, um, and then there's no end of different angles that people take on advertising. Like you can do Hulu ads, right, or you can do Amazon Fire Stick ads. There, there's a bunch of different ways to reach people. Uh, we're just trying to find the way to do it in the most authentic way. And um, what, I've, what I'm learning is you never figure it out. We're always evolving. We're evolving as a company, but marketing is always evolving. And um, it's a tough nut to crack some days and it's an expensive nut to crack.
0: Yeah, for sure. Have you found any platforms that works particularly well for you or ones that definitely don't work? Maybe you've wasted a lot of money on
1: um. Hmm. Yeah. So I would say that there were some years where we were being advised, you gotta stay, even though Bing is very, very small. You gotta stay present on Bing. Gotta stay present on Bing. And I, I think we finally kind of stopped beating that dead horse. Um. So that one we've not done. Um. And there are some that are just that just fit more with our niche than others. So like. Pinterest is not really one that works well for us. Um, Not that we've done much with it in years, but it just, you know, you've got to find what's right for your vertical and, and where your people are. You have to meet people, your people, where they are. And, you know, maybe that can be a little bit of a searching project.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just going back to the partnership with the Denver Broncos, how did that actually come about? Did they just see you in the crowd sitting at a game and a few different people in the crowd started talking to you and then they started talking to the higher ups or how'd that come about?
1: You know, from their side of things, I don't know what the impetus was. I received outreach from one of their execs via LinkedIn and uh, we started a conversation and it it was many months in the making, um, and then bringing us into you know, hey, come be on the field, come be in, you know, the president's box, you know, like they 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 put on a good show. So we at first I was quite adverse to it, um, but other members of my team were really able to see. Well, they they it, it's almost like a spider. It, there's all these different directions it can take, and um, I've been pleasantly surprised by uh, what's come of it.
0: Yeah, awesome. Now, aside from that and that driving sales, like you mentioned, that only like all, most of your sales come within a 13 week period. I'm guessing it's the cold season for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Like, do you just want to explain how you actually manage that? Because I imagine cash flow would be quite the issue.
1: Yeah, by the skin of my teeth, usually, but um, yeah, it's, um, we, you know, I would say the hardest part of that is getting banks to understand it, which is kind of crazy to me because we're not the only seasonal company out there. I've heard of Christmas tree companies, uh, candy cane companies, um, those, you know, those guys have like a three week season. And so um, it, it, you know, I. I would get frustrated because I would show them my financials and they're like, wow, your sales are going really down in July. Like, well, yeah, they, they are. And so, um, working with a partner, we have a banking partner who we've worked with for four or five years now. They understand the business and unfortunately time and trust it, that's what it takes. And so, they can look at my financials and go, yeah, you're making basically no money in July, but I know you're going to make money in November. And so, you know, you've got this track record. So that that's really how we've been able to manage it with um, our bank understanding and trusting in us. But it's very difficult to, uh, you know, uh, I know a few other counterparts in the industry and we all kind of lament that, you know, looking at the bank account in July is never a fun experience.
0: Yeah, I could imagine. Um, yeah. My sorta of, my sales like for the agency sorta of dip during that period as well because at the start of the year yeah. you have like new year, new me businesses and stuff like uh-huh. that, people wanting to try different things. Then it sort of dips through the middle of the year and then once you start to get into Q 4 it, it really ramps up again. So yeah, I sort of I'm a bit seasonal as well when you come to think of it. So I feel some of your pain, but probably not to the extent of your pain.
1: Yeah, I mean the you know where usually it's the second half of October all the way to the second half of January. So where you know I always say it's kind of like a roller coaster, and you hear the click, 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 click as you get to the top of the roller coaster, and we're about there. We're we're about to go for a ride. So um, it's an it's an exciting time. Uh, but and then you the nice thing about seasonal is you get to get ready. You get to stop a little bit and say, okay what's working, what didn't work, what can we change? And it allows you to be very thoughtful and intentional about the choices you make. You know, I've worked certainly for other people in year round businesses and you know, you're, you're, you're kind of building the ship as you're sailing along. And so this one allows a little bit more planning.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I imagine like for your team, it's obviously a very busy time as well. How do you manage them over like a thirteen week period? Because I imagine you'd have to bring in extra staff for that period and then mm-hmm. lay them off a few weeks later.
1: We do, and so um, we have seasonal status uh, with the state, so we can hire people with seasonal status, and we're very upfront and honest with them and say this is probably a, you know, a twelve sixteen week job. Um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of people are looking to earn a little bit extra money around Christmas or those kinds of things. And so we're usually able to pick up seasonal staff, um, pretty easily, but I do have a core team that is year round. Um, we have salespeople, marketing people, operations people. Um, so, and then I work with my partners too, meaning my external partners. And I'm very honest with them during negotiation. So if somebody wants to offer me access to a piece of software, for example, an app, right? Um, I'll explain to them, I'm happy to pay you above what you're asking in Q4, but I need to pay you basically a nominal fee in Q2 and Q3. And so people that understand, it's actually a nice litmus test for who you're going to be work with. If they're just saying, no, this is what you got to pay us. Then there's no partnership. There's no collaboration there. So that, that helps you vet pretty well who you're going to be working with. But very often people say, yeah, we see what you're doing. If if they see what you're doing and they see your challenges, they very often can say "Yep, yeah, you're not going to be using my server time in July, but you are going to be using it in November, December. And so, um, we try to get creative as much as we can and be be transparent about the realities of our seasonality
0: yeah apart from seasonality what other challenges do you face within your business g'day d2c slingshot listeners before we get back to our awesome discussion i want to take a moment to share something special with you are you an e-commerce brand looking for clarity and guidance on your digital advertising strategy well you're in luck. At Social Slingshot, we offer free 15 minute account audits to help you navigate this minefield. These quick but comprehensive audits are designed to provide you with valuable insights, personalized recommendations, and a clearer path to success. Whether you are struggling with ad performance, looking to optimize your campaigns, or just seeking some expert advice, our team is here to help. We'll review your current strategies, identify opportunities, and offer tips tailored to your brand. Don't let uncertainty hold your e-commerce business back. Take advantage of our free 15-minute account audits today. It's the first step towards maximizing your ad spend and crushing your competitors. To schedule your free audit, simply visit our website at www.socialslingshotau.com or send us a direct message on Instagram at Slingshot. Let's slingshot your sales together. Now, back to our episode.
1: Um... Inventory control, like forecasting. Um, because we bring on new styles, we have to estimate what um, cannibalization that'll. So if I bring on a new hoodie next year, how is that going to affect my other three hoodies that I already have on the market? Um, and forecasting, we also get kind of copied. So I'll. I'll, re- I'll release a product, and then within two years, there's 18 crazy Chinese named companies doing that same product on Amazon. So for those first couple years, you know people understand, okay, this product is a Gobi Heat product. You want the Gobi Heat one, and so our demand might be higher than after Asia has done this influx of cheap Amazon knockoffs, and so forecasting the the launch and the peak and the end of life of a product is something that I'm still fine tuning.
0: Yeah, for sure. I imagine that would be incredibly difficult. It's hard to forecast at the best of times.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really difficult and I have some products that I call evergreen products that have been, you know, my top 5 products for six, seven years. And then I have others that have spiked and then waned. And so um, it's very hard to predict.
0: Yeah. One of the products on your website that I had never seen before is heated camp chairs. Was that an original idea?
1: Um, I, You know, I'm not going to come out there and say that nobody had ever done it before, but Actually, that's the product I was thinking of when I was talking about uh, the many Chinese knockoffs is we we launched it. We put a lot of effort behind it and it really took off. Um, But you can cut corners, right? Back to what I was saying before, you can have less milliamp hours on your battery, less watt hours on your battery. You can have less temperature you can have a system that's not very well put together and will probably fall apart or a cheap chair and so on and so on and so on. And so, and then a lot of them come with no power bank at all. They just assume you have a power bank to plug into it. And that, so you might see 129 for a heated chair and think, Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm going to do that one when Gobi heats at 179. Um But there's, I have a hard time cutting those corners. I just want to put the best product out there that I possibly can. And so uh, we'll we'll probably always run into that where people see that we have a success and then there'll be a bunch of me too's and you'll see me running off in the distance doing something else. So I just got to keep running. Yeah.
0: It's like when I brought this water bottle, right? It's like a Yeti. So obviously they keep your yep. water cold forever or you could just get a $5 plastic bottle that yep. <laughs> won't do you I anything, used to be in the
1: water bottle someone. business. I understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like I never thought I needed this. Well, I didn't actually buy it. I got gifted it. I never thought I needed it. But as soon as like I started using, it, I was like, oh my God, I'm never going back to a normal bottle ever again.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's... Uh... You know, it, it's tricky, though. What, one thing I would say about our industry is that um, sometimes people will confuse heated apparel and be Heat. Now, I'm sure this happens with some of the other reputable brands, too. Um, so they'll be scrolling on Facebook, and they'll see $79 cheap vest, right? And it's it's got heat zones in it, and it looks like heated apparel, right? And then they'll see Gobi, and they're like, oh, I ordered that on Facebook, and they didn't even send it to me. So they have this um, false equivalency of Gobi Heat is the Facebook cheap thing that didn't work or they never received. And I think that's because a lot of people don't know what Heat Apparel is. They, they, They see it sometimes. Sometimes there's some cheap gimmicky ones on Facebook, and we all see you know, things we scroll on Facebook or Instagram late at night and go, oh, yeah, I need that. And then three weeks later, you're like, I never received that. And so um, we're trying to educate everyone about what heated apparel is and what to look for. So, like, if you didn't know what trucks were, right, and you saw your first truck and you assume that Honda is the same as a Ford, and You just assume they're the same because they're the same shape, but there's a lot different engineering that goes into them. No offense to Honda or Ford, but so we're we're trying to educate, which unfortunately is a very expensive thing to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, talking about expensive things, because you're a premium brand and you have this period where you really only make your sales in that 13 week period. And it's right over black Friday as well. So do you guys do black Friday sales or do you just try to sell it at that um, normal retail price?
1: We have to, Uh, unfortunately we have to. Um, and, And we do want to get as much of our product into the hands of people that can benefit from it as possible. You know, there, there are moms out there that are, walking their kids to school in, you know, Milwaukee and it's cold and we want to give them an opportunity to have Gobi heat. And so we absolutely do that. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, Black Friday, it's it's organized chaos at Gobi. It's, it's a good time. But yeah, we, we definitely do offer some good Black Friday deals and you guys should be watching for it. <laughs>
0: What? How, how do you promote that stuff? Are you one of these businesses that do it two weeks out or you just do the Black Friday, maybe Cyber Monday? Or what's your marketing strategy look like over that period? I
1: I think as a small company, we kind of, it, it, it's difficult because we want to stay true and authentic to ourselves and what, what we feel is, you know, best for our company and our customers. But yeah, there's, you know, I was just reading in September that there was some Black Friday Uh, deals already being advertised. And so it's gotten a little ridiculous, Uh, but we we do keep it at least within the month of November, but it changes a little bit each month, uh, each year. As I'm sure you've noticed uh, since 2020, um, we've had quite the dynamic market. You know, COVID brought a lot of people staying home, shopping, stimulus money brought a lot of excess cash. Now it's swung the other way and so it seems like every year is very different and we make those decisions with the information we have in front of us.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. It's been a very weird time, especially for like you've been around a bit longer, but for those businesses that started during COVID and they were like, "Oh my god, this shit is so easy." And now the economy's oh, yeah, turned yeah. down and they're like, "What the fuck do I actually do? I don't know how to run a business. Like I was just making sales cuz Everyone was making sales during that.
1: Everybody day. was making sales, right? Yeah, it was it was easy, and so it's you know the, uh, I I love a good metaphor. Um, I I think about companies like trees. There are different breeds of trees, right? You you've got oak, and it's an acorn, and you plant it, and it's slow, and it's you know a hundred years till it's a climbable tree, but that thing ain't going anywhere. Or you can have you know a quake and aspen that just shoots up and is twelve feet tall in it in uh in a year, but that thing will get knocked over real easy and so I think people that can be slow and methodical and try to stay true to their own mission allows for this kind of slower and healthier growth um and I like to think that Goby's an oak. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. How do you see the market uh, progressing forward over the next couple of years? Obviously, we've had a very weird time over the previous couple, but how do you see things moving forward?
1: As far as the economy in general or as far as the heated apparel market? Ah, Both. Yeah, so I keep hearing this phrase survive until 25, and it it feels more and more true. Um, We're we're in a tough spot. I think it would be terrifying to be, you know, a 25 year old startup owner Um, have, you know, yeah, (laughs) if you've never had gone lived through a recession before as an adult, um, I'm a little bit older than you are. So. I'm able to put it in perspective of this is something we're going to go through, this is to all things, there is a season, right? We talk about seasonality a lot, but it's not just on a year cycle. It's a much greater cycle. So um, my approach is to be cautious and thoughtful and um, try to hunker down a little bit, um, not make any uh, wild, fast moves. And then, you know, just continue to be, you know, steady growth as we can. And I think once we get through to 25, survive till 25, I I think we'll start kind of coming out of the storm and um, being able to be a little more freer and take a few more chances. Um, As far as heated apparel is concerned, it's definitely starting to have its moment. Um, But I still walk down the streets of Fort Collins in Colorado and I've got my, you know, the LED on my vest and people are like, oh my God, what is that? And I'm like, how 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 do people still not know what heated apparel is? I did, is uh, like I was down flashing, that tent.
0: Is it like a flashing light on your chest and like people yeah, think it's, it's a, a it's, camera It's a something. button that
1: shows if you're on high, medium or low or it'll turn off if it, it'll go dark if you turn it off. Um, And it, it's a great conversation starter, right? But even w- when I was at the Broncos tent a few weeks ago, um, there was still probably 50% of people that I spoke to were like, heated apart. What are you talking about? Like, does it have a battery or something? And I, like, oh my gosh, like, imagine if everybody knew what my product was. Like everybody knows what, you know, ear pods are, or cell phone are. They, they know, you know, you were in, we're wearing t-shirts, right? We all know what t-shirts are. We go, we know, okay, running out of t-shirts, go buy more t-shirts. But my customers don't even know that they need this. So, uh, and then, and they don't know what difference it can make to them too. And so, and we get these great stories, right? Like, I, I love them. Like, there was one guy who's credited us with saving his life. He'd gone hunting on an island, tide went, came in. And he was stranded on the island all night, and he swears that his heated vest kept him alive. We've had people say that uh, they've been able to avoid having fingers amputated because of their circulatory issues by using our gloves. Um, I know that in the infusion and chemo departments here in the hospitals, they deliberately keep it down to like 60 degrees. um, And this is a sad fact because it reduces vomiting. So you've got these poor chemo patients sitting there freezing. So we have this portable heated blanket because they won't let them plug, have plug-in back blankets in the chemo departments. So we have this portable heated blanket that they can they can take and throw over them. So it really can't, it's not just BS, right? There's There's truth to what I'm saying that it really can make it so you stay and watch all three of the kids' soccer games or you uh get that yard work done. It it changes the way you make decisions for yourself and I think that's pretty damn exciting.
0: Yeah. Well like, I, I hate being cold and especially when I'm locked up indoors all the time, like just at my computer. Like I don't have an outdoors yep. job anymore. But I used to hate being cold, even like just my hands. Like you're trying to work with some metal or something, like a hammer and banging something. Mm-hmm. And your hands would just be so cold, and it was just the worst time ever. So now I've got the heater on, and I'm happy. <laughs> but if you could get that outside like you offer, uh, it's going to make the world a difference.
1: Hey, we have we have a .au site. There's we have uh, an Australian website. So get well, on there I'm and get might, yourself a I reckon you- I
0: might have a look at those camp chairs. Um, yeah. I don't think my mum watches this, so <laughs> she might get that for Christmas.
1: <laughs> your mom doesn't watch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah. No, that's all good well, um before we jump off today, we've gone a little bit over time, but if you were to go back in time, what would you do differently?
1: um i would I would start with a very honest self assessment of your your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, one mistake I think I made is um i i knew I knew some of the things that I needed help with. And then I didn't research, didn't do enough research before picking who to help me with it. And so sometimes, you know, you know, you can say, oh, I, you know, I I don't know about cars and someone can talk to you, BS you about cars, but maybe they really don't know about cars. They just know more terminology than you or that they don't really have the experience that you, they imply, Um, but it's more than you have, more than you have or more than I had isn't always enough. So I would say really research who your partners are going to be, um, who you're going to have work on your project Um, and and prioritize that. And I know it can be hard, right? Sometimes you just have to get who you can afford and and that can be tricky. But um, choosing who works on your project is something that I would have spent more time and consideration on.
0: Yeah, for sure. When I'm like, I know absolutely nothing about cars. So whenever I go to mechanic, I'm just like, (laughs) I don't even know what's going on.
1: They can know you, right? They can say, oh yeah, the the intake, the thing, whatever is, you know, they can just BS you and it sounds good. Um, And they may have really great intentions and they may be excited to help you with your car. Um, doesn't make them the healthiest person to be working on your project, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I love that piece of advice. Uh, so, but we'll wrap it up there. Do you just want to give a quick plug to your socials?
1: Yeah. Um, we uh, are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Gobi Heat, and uh, go to gobiheat.com. If you're in Australia, we also have a gobyheat.com.au site that will ship also to New Zealand. Um, and stay warm, my friends.
0: Thanks so much for coming on today. I really enjoyed this podcast. And yeah, maybe we could do another one in the future. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. And we'll see everyone in the next episode. Hey, sleep Slingshot listeners. Unfortunately, this episode has come to an end. If you did make it this far, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed it. So how about hitting the thumbs up, leaving a comment, or even smashing subscribe? Any engagement or feedback truly helps us improve and grow. And remember, if you have any questions at all or insights you'd like to share, the best place to reach me is on Instagram, at Lockby Social Slingshot. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.